0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to another Wednesday night of fun. This is my favorite time of all the week, a Wednesday night. I'd like to welcome our legends. Mr. Don Henderson and Mr. Roger Handler and Mr. Roy Cummings. Good
2: evening, everybody.
1: Frank Carroll, good evening, everybody. Well, what can you say? Roy, I got a big question for you. Is the National Hockey League gonna get off the ground this way? And what do you think about baseball? Your second love is baseball. First first of all, what do you think about hockey right now?
3: Um, well, I, you know, I think the NHL is you know, hopefully moving in a, in a good direction. Uh, unfortunately, we've had a couple of players test positive for the coronavirus, and um, you know, they've had to shut things down for a couple of days. But, hey, you know what? The Lightning reopened their um, facility today. And uh, you know, before, I guess, you know what, before we go any further, and, and i got to give kudos, not very often does ESPN – um, pay much attention to hockey. I mean, they they give scant attention to it. Um, it. It's you know if you if you watch if you watch a full hour of uh, Sports Center, you might get about three at tops, maybe three minutes of hockey information, maybe a minute and a half. But last night Scott Van Pelt, uh, on the day that uh, baseball finally announced that it is actually going to come back and have a season, Scott Van, Van Pelt made the number one story on his Sports Center show. Uh, the fact that Oscar Lindstrom, Lindblom, rather, uh, was right. back on the ice for the Flyers. Um, That's right. It's not likely that Oscar Lindblom is going to play for the Flyers when uh, hockey gets started up again in a month, uh, month in you know, about six weeks. But um, he's back on the ice, and after uh, he's been fighting cancer, a uh, rare form of bone bone cancer, leukemia, I believe. And uh, But he's back on the ice, and he's looking good. And you know what? Uh, that was the best story of the week. Uh, ahead of the fact that baseball finally got things um, figured out and that they're coming back. But, you know, Tommy, to answer your question, you know, nothing's changed uh, yeah. in the NHL uh, over the past uh, week. Uh, they're still on schedule to, um, you know, hopefully be back and playing uh, end of July, uh, you know, early August, I guess, end of July. Yes. And that's good. Um, they're, uh, they're slowly uh, getting players back into shape, which is good news. Um, but you know, the bigger news is, uh, the fact that uh, major league baseball finally figured things out and, and right. yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I think two weeks ago, we all could have said, okay, let's have the 60 games. I mean, we, we could, we could probably be going forward with this. Uh, we could be playing games right now based on, you know, the way it came mm-hmm. down, but you know what? No, no time to argue about that. Uh, players are going to be back, uh, start, start uh, gathering again here next week. And, uh, and that's good news. We're we're getting closer and closer every day it seems to having uh sports again. Now if we can just get the virus a little bit under control or or get uh figure out a way to keep that thing from spreading it like wildfire the way it is. Yes. Uh we'll actually see these games. So good news that's for sure. Roger.
4: For yeah, I just wanted to say, uh yeah, I agree with you, Roy, and uh I will also uh, say that I think that was a, a great point you brought up about uh, uh, Scott Van Pelt uh, talking about uh, hockey, you know, instead of baseball. But uh, I just I, I'm so concerned about um, about the virus and and about uh, what it could affect a lot of the players. And um, but you know, all we can do I guess is pray. But I, I think what it'll mainly do is give everyone all of us everybody some diversion uh a a positive instead of uh, so much negativism with what we've been through yeah no
3: no doubt about it uh roger you're right um look it's still the virus is still out there it's it's not under control it's um it's 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 spreading you know across the, the southern part of the country and uh look, I guess 25 state tech Florida had its highest number today of all time, 5,000 Ooh. plus cases today. Uh, this oh. after having, uh, you know, 4,200 cases, 4,800 cases, uh, you know, the last two, three, four days, I mean, it's been nothing, it's doing nothing but going up in Florida and Arizona and Texas and uh, North Carolina just, uh, you know, abandoned its plans or hopes to uh, go into phase two of its reopening. So, um, it's not going away, uh, but, you know what, again, we've got a month here before uh, before we see, uh, you know, the players actually attempt to play a game. And I think baseball has come up with a pretty good game plan to, uh, you know, if players test positive, there's going to be pretty deep rosters to choose players from. We could see some pretty strange-looking lineups at some point. They, we could see some spring training-looking lineups. You know, uh, early on, but uh, I think the idea of having 30 players on a roster to begin uh, the season, uh, the 60-game season, going down to 28 after two weeks, and then 26 uh, eventually after a month—I don't think that's a bad approach. Um, so again, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe a miracle happens, and I don't mean to say that in jest uh, as some kind of a knock against what the president said months ago when he thought that you know, like a miracle in April it would just go away because that didn't happen. But I'm not trying to say that, but maybe something'll happen between now and the end of July when everybody's starting to hope to get back on the field and the court and the ice and and uh suddenly we'll have this thing we will have this thing under control. So we can like you said, just hope and pray and again, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to get political but I'm just I'm just following doctor's orders here. I, I, I honestly think if <laughs> If doctors are telling you wear a mask, you know what, maybe, maybe all the sports fans, let's let's start there. Let's every all the sports fans, wear a mask when you go out in public to do your part to mm-hmm. keep this thing from spreading. Maybe we can do our part and uh, keep it from spreading uh, somewhere throughout the sports uh, uh, community. That that would be nice. That would be a start anyway.
0: Yes, well, why
5: do you right. throw a little monkey wrench or two into the uh, optimism here. First of all. I was supposed to leave Friday or Saturday to go back to New Jersey. Uh, the governor just uh, put a kibosh on that. You can't come into New Jersey from Florida and uh, not be uh, quarantined for a minimum of 14 days and possibly more. So nobody's going to be able to come into New Jersey and begin to practice or play uh, under the current circumstances because you can't go in without quarantine. Number two, uh, I agree with both of you, the fact that I think they. Uh, the virus is going to be the main thing. What They had 30 players with Clemson. They had so many with Alabama. They had so many in UFC here, so many in Central Florida. Uh, the governor here in DeSantis decided to open everything up, and what happened? Uh, the state of Florida now has become one of the biggest drop-off points for the virus in the United States. Uh, we're jumping up by leaps and bounds. So uh, that, to me, is a very, very negative thing. And what we're getting here is not baseball. We're getting a bunch of players who are going to play X number of games under fictitious rules. I'll tell you who wrote a terrific piece, in my view, from the Associated Press, and it was back on Monday. I, I don't know the fellow. Maybe you do, Roy. Uh, Dolberg. Do you know Dahlberg? Uh
3: Yeah, absolutely.
5: Sure. Uh, he wrote a terrific piece. and He said, and what are we going to have when it's all finished? Nothing. And that's what I agree with. I think really when it's all finished, everybody's that desperate to see whatever they're going to put on the field, go ahead. I think it's going to be a joke. I don't think they should be allowed to do it. I think there should be no season. I think it's all that said. They should wait till spring training of next year to start up because how many players have already said basketball, the NBA, we've already had a number of players that say they're going to forego and they're not going to play in the tournament. Uh, for various reasons. Uh, I don't know what the situation will be in the National Hockey League. I imagine most of them uh, will in fact play unless they have to be in their own native country for some reason. But I don't think I think basketball's got a shot because they play 90% of their season and they're going into a tournament that is legitimate. The National Hockey League has played most of their season. They're going into a tournament. that's legitimate. Baseball is going into nothing, with nothing on the table. So, to
1: me, it's a joke. I agree with it. Well,
3: you know what, Don? You you may get your wish, uh, as Roger and I were saying. I mean, uh, look, we we certainly can't predict the future, not with this virus the way it is. Um, But you know what? Uh, Look, I give baseball credit for this. Uh, Look, it it may not be a championship season. Everybody knows, and we knew from the very beginning, uh, when there was hope that there would be an 82-game season. We knew there was going to be an asterisk on this season no matter what. That it was never right. going to be what we all hope and want for, you know, hope for and want. That was never going to happen. Um, could it be a little bit better? Could it, could it be an 80-game season? Could it be a 76-game season? Sure it can. The fact that it's a 60-game season, it's a 60-game sprint uh, with normal playoffs, you know what? I'm looking forward to it because it's I'm looking forward to watching baseball again and, and seeing what it looks like. Yeah. It's going to be an experiment. It's going to be, it's going to look weird, but uh, it's going to look strange. It's going to seem, you know, who knows what it's going to seem like, Uh, who knows, you know, who's going to benefit, but I'll say this, all teams are in the same boat. You know, it's not like one team's got an advantage over the other because, you know, look, it's, I mean, unless you want to say that the NL central uh, is, Is uh, you know maybe a little bit tougher division than uh, the AL Central or something like that. I mean you know you can start looking at that kind of thing, but at the end of the day, to me, it's look they're all even. Um, Again, I don't know how you can kind of gauge or uh, you know determine who's got an edge in a sixty-game season like this. A lot of different things can happen. I'm kind of anxious to see the experiment play out. It's an experiment. It's what it looks like. It's how it's going to feel. Um, this is not what we expect, and uh, hopefully we never have to see this again. But I'll tell and you also, what. Roy, I'll they're also over, I'll, at,
0: Don, in the, the midst right it now, California.
5: closing down all the minor league parks. I mean, you know, you can't go to Dunedin, you can't go to Clearwater, you can't go to Sarasota. They're closing down because of the virus and the tremendous uh, impact that we've had over the, la- uh, over the last week, really. And uh, what's going to happen there, a lot of places uh, here in Sarasota have already shut down again. Uh, restaurants and so forth. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You, you guys are much more optimistic than I am.
3: Oh, I'm not, look, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm optimistic. I, I'm, I, I hear what you're saying, Don. I'm hopeful. I don't know that I'm optimistic. Uh, look, I, 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 I don't know if I said it on this show or not, but I know I said it to somebody, uh, maybe just to my family. But uh, on Sunday, I got to be honest. Uh, as things were were growing, and, and you know what? Even off the news today here in Florida, about five thousand more. Cases, the most they've ever had, 5,000-plus cases. Uh, Look, I was saying uh, now I'm wondering who is going to be the first league to bag it and just say, you know what, forget it. It, It's better off if we don't play, period. Better off Mm -hmm. if we don't try to finish the season. Better off if we don't try to start a season. Who's going to be the first one to have the guts to do that? Mm -hmm. Maybe it should be baseball. They may still get there. Let's see how many players – if any, opt out. The NBA is going to have a, a bunch of players opt out. Um, so, you know, again, we could all get our wish. But, Don, I was saying just uh, when, when you broke in there, uh, I'll take it over nothing. In terms of 60 games <laughs> and playoffs, I'll take it over nothing. Uh, that, well, the risk is, is
5: I haven't seen all the suggestions or all the the things that they have agreed upon. Uh, other than the number of players this year going up to 30, which is obviously a a big plus that they're going to do because a lot of people are going to either get hurt or sick or any question about that. But what are the rules that they change? Do they change uh, standing off first base? Are you going to be able to stand on first base and, uh, when there's a runner in, in, in uh, position there? Or, or are you going to have to back off and are they going to play? Uh, how many innings are they going to play? Uh, what's their substitution? Are they, are they going to be about... able to, as was suggested, take a player out of the game and then bring them back in again? I mean, what are the exact, I haven't seen all the boundaries of what they've agreed to.
3: I haven't seen anything that suggests that what you're, the things you just mentioned are in play here. I don't think any of that is changing. And, and, and again, that's a great question if it's not, because you do kind of have to wonder, okay, what happens at first base? Now I know that here they're going to throw the ball out if multiple players touch it. Um, well, guess what? Multiple players are going to touch every ball. So, because a pitcher is mm-hmm. going to throw it to a catcher, and a catcher is going to throw it to a pitcher, and it's going to get hit. And if right. go, you know, but they look—they give away balls like you know, like candy anyway, so it's not a big deal. But uh, right. the only thing I know in terms of rules is there's going to be a, uh, a universal DH uh, in the National League, and there's going That's to for be, two years uh, that goes through next year as well. No, it doesn't. It's only for 2020 at this point. The National League has the option to. Uh, eliminate that rule for next year. It's not. It's oh, they not did? Okay. 20, when I
5: last saw it, it, was they were gonna? It was gonna be this year for the shortened season plus all of next year. They're trying, I, I guess, uh, trying hard to to phase out the designated hitter. Uh, you know, yeah, not using the well, designated hitter.
3: That's one thing. I'll tell you what. That's one thing where, and again, the, the National League may end up liking it. You know, we'll, we'll see because uh, you know just looking at that. But let me go back real quick. And, and in extra innings, they're going to have do the minor league rule that they put in place a couple of years ago where they start with a player on second base at the top, beginning of, the, of each half inning from beginning with the 10th inning. The player who will start at second base is the last player to bat. So the last mm-hmm. player who, who made the last out in the previous uh, half inning will be the designated runner starting at second base beginning of the next inning. Uh, for his, for their team. That's those are the only rules I know of. I don't know that there's anything preventing, uh, you know, first baseman from holding runners on base. Uh, I don't know if there's, that there's anything preventing players from stealing bases, uh, you know, which is something if you did that, you wouldn't have to have runners uh, held on at first. So I don't know what the, I haven't seen those rules. I don't think they're in play. I think we would know about them if, the, if they were, but my guess is we'll find out pretty soon. There is 110 pages to the, uh, the medical protocols that they're, uh, they've put together. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff there in terms of how these players have to go about, uh, you know, living their daily lives and certainly living at the ballpark. Right. You know, no spitting, no mm-hmm. chewing. Uh, you can chew gum, but no, no tobacco, obviously, no sunflower seeds. None of that stuff, no high-fives, no uh, no celebrations. I mean, it's going to be crazy when somebody hits a walk-off homer. Uh, they can't high-five and all that, but you know what? We'll see how it works.
5: here, you're, you're yeah, in yeah, New York in Philadelphia. Uh, you probably had a chance to hear the fan. I did not hear the fan today. Uh, what, What is the what is the reaction in New York City to all this, and are they going to be able to play any of the games at Yankee Stadium?
4: Well, I I assume so. I mean, that's I read. Well, I read yesterday's post, Joel Sherman's uh, column, and um, uh, you know, and and it looks like they are. Of course, the big story is uh, about the who will be the new owners of the Mets. I mean, that's the uh, really. Well, that was all over
5: yesterday's paper.
4: Yeah, sure was. But uh, (laughs) they they got the guy from Sweetwater uh,
5: now. He wants to come in and uh, be one of the uh, minority stockholders within the Mets, along with. A-Rod and, and his his beautiful fiancée and a few yeah. others. But yeah. you're right, that was the whole story. Impressed. But uh, I didn't see what Joel had to say today, so I can't comment.
4: Yeah, and they, uh, no, they expect that uh, they laid it out about the, uh, just like Roy was alluding to, and, uh, you know, division, division, et cetera. But, uh, you know, Roy, uh, just getting back to the virus, about the way it's, it's spread, um, I, I got a good story today and I was telling Don about it earlier. You know, when you went to like stores, okay. And supermarkets, they had a disinfectant person out there wiping down the carts. Okay. You don't see that anymore. At least in some of, them. I mean, there may be some out there, but I think what's happened is we got lulled to sleep. And I think that where we used to take precautions right away all the time, we get lulled to sleep, and then, of course, you had the protest, and then you also have at the beach. And I was trying to find out about uh, the uh, Blue rays or uh, the uh, Blue Jays, I'm sorry, in Dunedin because my uh, cousin's son is on the grounds crew there, and Ooh. I wanted to, you know, get an idea on exactly um, what was going on and what they do and uh I, I called my uncle but uh he hadn't uh, heard me more uh, from my cousin uh than you know uh had been last week and he said he was okay but that's before all that surfaced hmm.
3: yeah you know look we, we got we got very uh very nonchalant very uh lazy about this whole thing you know it's kind of funny guys for a month while everybody was quarantined at home, safe, you know, safer at home. That whole business was going on. You know, c- cases with the exception of New York, which, you know, we always knew that a big epicenter, you know, big center like the big, you know, uh, community like that was going to be in trouble. But with the exception of New York, the cases were pretty much plateaued everywhere for a month. And then we decided right. that, oh, okay, well, there's no problem anymore. We can go back to living our normal lives. Everybody opened mm-hmm. up their state, and now you're seeing a spike. I don't know. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Uh, you know, I well, mean, don't, don't think yeah. That the governor
5: was inviting everybody down. Don't worry about Florida. Bring the yeah. uh, NBA playoffs down here. Bring the hockey league playoffs down here. We don't have any problems in Florida. And that was only what two weeks ago.
3: Yeah, and and and, yeah. and this was all in an attempt to try to get the economy going. Not realizing absolutely it the best way to get the you know you can have an economy. I don't know. I don't. I don't know anybody. That, I don't know how wearing a mask keeps you from doing anything that you know boosts the economy outside of eating which of course you can take it off while you're eating but you know i, I just don't it, it just seems to me like the whole game plan here is has never been well thought out from the beginning and uh, and and now we're suffering the the effects of it and look there's a there's still a big you know collection of people that a don't care about the virus don't care about getting it passing it on to others and certainly our uh not, not try, you know, avoiding the opportunity, uh, the best, you know, example of uh, of wearing a mask. You know, they're just not, damn damn, right. damn me if I'm going to, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, well, until, until everybody the problem buys problem in.
5: The owners and the trainers. And tell me, let me ask you this. Have they made a decision about whether they can to Toronto yet or where are they going to hold the, uh, the tournament for the National Hockey League?
1: That's a great question, a million dollar question. Well, but Don and everybody, the, the Prime Minister candidate, okay with the National Hockey League Vancouver, Edmonton, and Toronto. And so any trust could pick one of those cities that would be, would be good. Now, the cities that, you know, will still up for this thing Columbus, Ohio is not. Pittsburgh is, St. Louis, Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and, and Las Vegas are up for, that, uh, up for that thing up there for the most of the games up there. It's just gonna be like these guys grew up in hockey, guys. They play a game at eight o'clock. You're
3: uh, uh, sorry,
1: have you heard of anything, Roy?
3: Yeah, they're still trying to decide what to do, and uh, yeah, I mean Canada has has said that uh, you know look we're, we're open. We we'd love to host uh, or be a hub city, and and look the NHL still wants to have about six hub cities for this uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still deciding where where the best place for that to be. The problem again is that you know if you commit to one, one particular community or area, uh, you know like Dallas was mentioned, and all of a sudden now Dallas is a you know a hot, hot spot for the virus. Um, it, it's hard to commit at this point. It's some, the good news is again it's something you you could make a, an announcement on a week before you start playing. Uh, you know, four days before you start playing. Everybody can get into planes and, you know, and go to that one spot uh, pretty quickly as long as you've got it set up. So I think each community that wants to host here is putting its, uh, its plan in place and, and securing uh, facilities. Well, we talked and hotels about it last week, It's
5: like right? so also going to necessitate Canada waiving uh, the passport rule because, uh, and also waiving the rule if somebody does have where it gets the virus while they're there, that everything's going to be shut down. So that is also something that I have not. I tried to follow it, but I have not seen anything from the Canadian standpoint about what they're going to do.
3: Yeah, again, I, I, I think it's kind of changing almost day to day. I mean, look, you know, two days ago you could probably go from Florida to New Jersey and not have a problem, right? Well, not anymore. So, you know, if this virus keeps uh, raging the way it has uh, here over the last couple of weeks, um, again, all bets are off, Don. We're gonna we're gonna end up uh, right where you think we might end up, and that's nowhere without any sports playing anywhere. So, uh, again, it's it, their teams. You know, leagues are putting plans in place, but at the end of the day, uh, you, you just don't know what's going to happen because we can't predict what's going to happen with this virus. Now, if we suddenly come up with a a vaccine tomorrow or the next day, well, <laughs> every, everybody'll be back and uh, who knows right. what, what things will look like? It'll look a lot better. Until you've got, right. until you've right. got a vaccine, right.
1: everything, he, is, uh, up everything is up guy. in the air. Hey, hang on for a minute, We have a gentleman on the line. Roy, you know this guy. He's PA for the Orlando Magic, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Tampa Bay Storm. He's done a lot of international games for the NBA, he also did the Olympic Games. It's our pleasure to welcome A good friend of mine. Mr. Paul Porter. Paul, welcome to the program. We finally, we got you on We're talking to Roy Cummings, Don Henderson, Roger Hamill, Frank, and myself, Paul. We finally have you on. Well, Thank God for that. All right.
2: Thanks, Tom. Good to be with you. And, of course, I've known Roy for many, many years, so it's uh, good to hear him his voice as well. It's good to hear you, yes.
3: Paul. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Roy.
3: Well, well what, what do you, do you think,
5: think you? A little Yeah, taken. right. This, the four of us have about the waivers in Toronto, the waivers of the passports in Canada, uh, the the virus, uh, any new plans that you've heard of. It, so what they're going to do?
6: As far
2: as the NHL, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I the two two cities I've heard more than anything else is uh, Vancouver and uh, Las Vegas, and. The biggest problem with that is that you have two teams in the Pacific time zone, or two cities in the Pacific time zone. So it would mean either playing games at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, which I guess you don't have fans to do that, uh, then play a Western Conference game at 7 o'clock uh, local time, which would be 10 o'clock here. So I, I think they could probably do something like that. But those are the two cities that I've heard. Uh, the best chances. that
0: Vancouver has
2: had a very low COVID rate, and uh, they have not been having uh, a lot of problems. Uh, on the other hand, Las Vegas certainly is there, much like Florida, saying things go bad. So uh, I think uh, everybody has been saying Las Vegas is a is a favorite to host it, but uh, I'm not so sure. I I think it may end up being maybe something like Vancouver and Edmonton, something along those lines.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Hey, Paul, uh, I'm going
3: to I'm going to hit you with a question and then get off the the show here, uh, but uh what what do you think is uh the NBA I, I think has the best plan and and, and they're lo- they're fortunate in the fact that you know they could have one facility where they can host everything and have everybody in one place, but all of a sudden we're starting to see and I guess it maybe isn't that much of a surprise, but um how many players do you think are going to end up opting out for one reason or another out of the NBA uh of the NBA tournament, uh, whether it's for free agency, fear of the contracting the virus, whatever it might be. Do you think there could be an issue there at some point, or, or do you think most of the stars will buy in and uh, because they are fighting for a title? I think, I think most of the stars are going to buy in. I, I think you'll see some players
2: that will opt out, significant players that will opt out. The uh, has said that it, it's Perfectly fine with them if players don't want to come to Disney and take part. They will not be penalized in any way. That is their own decision. So, uh, really, what they're doing, I do think, is the best scenario what the NBA is doing, and that is once you're in the quarantine area, you're not allowed to leave, uh, and no one else can come in. So, I know that uh, one of the facts that they had was that they were going to have people. Uh, arrive at Disney on July the 12th, and they would be quarantined for seven full days, uh, and then uh, no one else would be allowed in or out. But then the problem arose as far as the the Disney workers, the hotel uh, uh, cleaners, the the cooks, the people that would be working there, they were going to be allowed to go home and come back, and there's fear that they could bring something back with them inside the bubble. So I think they're still trying to work out all the kinks of
5: this plan. Well, in the next yeah, couple of you. weeks, uh, we'll try to get Pat Williams <laughs> he joins us quite often on the show. And, of course, he's at the hub of Orlando, started the whole thing. And maybe he'll be able by uh, next week or the week after uh, really give us an idea of, of how well he thinks the players are coming along and also how the virus is at this particular time when you talk about what's going on in Orlando.
2: Yeah, I think you'll see the NBA uh, has it worked out pretty well. Nothing is ever going to be airtight. But what they have already said is that if there's an, uh, uh, someone that tests positive a player tests positive, uh, he will just be treated like an injury, and he'll have to go back to the hotel or quarantine for a week. So that player will be out of action for a week. Whether it's the 12th player on the bench or LeBron James, they're going to treat it the same way.
0: Hmm.
4: Roger. That's, that's, uh, I'm surprised it's only uh, seven uh, days when, you know, everybody, it's always been like 14 days. So. Uh, well, I, I, I. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the initial thought was that seven
2: days is long enough. For the virus to run its course, if, if you're uh, quarantined with uh, And then what they would do at the end of the seven days is test again. And if the result okay. was still positive, then they would go back for another seven days. But if it was negative, they'd be allowed to rejoin the competition.
5: That makes yeah. sense. I said, yeah, we did, when we did the first half hour, uh, the governor of New Jersey and uh, I was getting ready to go back from Sarasota to the Jersey Shore. And today he came out with an edict saying that uh, nobody from Florida is going to be able to, if they come to New Jersey, they're going to be quarantined for 14 days. So when I get to my house, I'm not going to be able to go anywhere anyway. So they're going to cut that in half. I I think you're right. I think seven days probably will tell the story unless you're you know, older and uh, it lingers on. But with hockey players or basketball players, uh, I would think that would not be the case. But seven may be plenty.
2: Yeah, and I think you'll see a lot of medication uh, given to them. They'll they'll do whatever they can to keep the process rolling, keep it sped up, and and they really do believe that once the bubble that there won't be anybody to catch from, because everybody will be in the same boat. They'll all be quarantined. They'll all have taken the test before they're allowed to do anything. Uh, right. When people arrive on the 12th of July. Uh, They are just going to sit in the hotel room for seven days and uh, not go anywhere. The meals are going to be brought to them. Uh, They will step out of the room momentarily to have uh, sheets and towels put in. But other than that, uh, they are going to be locked in that room for a full week.
1: Mm. Wow, what a way to go. (laughs) Hey, Paul, (laughs) in in all your great years of broadcast, what was your favorite moment in the NBA and also probably in the NHL?
2: Well, I, with the NHL, it's, it's definitely uh, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, where the Lightning <laughs> won the Stanley Cup. Uh, that was certainly uh, the highlight of my broadcast career and, and, and PA announcing career. And uh, as far as uh, uh, basketball and the NBA, I think it would be uh, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals the Magic and Indiana Pacers. and. The Magic defeated Indiana and went on to the NBA Finals back in 1994 uh, uh, and '95, uh, and uh, ended up uh, facing the Houston Rockets. But unfortunately, uh, yeah, came up a little short. Uh, came up a lot short. The...
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, Paul, I still got the I still got that disc on there for for Orlando Magic. I think Alex Martin gave me that, so I I still play on my card. And and your introductions, guys, are be the best of all. In all professional sports.
2: Well, I appreciate that, Tom. I, you've been a big supporter for a long time, and I uh, appreciate you and your friendship.
1: Oh, I do too, Paul, so But has been fantastic. But, it's just a, but I, I just hope for one thing, let's get the hockey back, get the lightning back on, on the ice, and, and we win cup number two, Paul. What do you think about that? We get cup number well,
2: two. Well, I'd, I'd love to see that, even if it was in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, one thing I can't <laughs> tell you is that, They've actually contacted me, and they're going to have me record some things uh, that are going to be used for lightning games
5: at the Hub City. Uh, things like you know, uh, I was just going to answer you that question. I, I, you know, like great air conditioning, obviously all over Las Vegas. But you're talking about playing ice hockey. I mean, what, what is the ice going to be like? Uh, can they control it well enough? At 105 degree temperatures on the outside can to make it really playable.
2: Yeah, well, I think they can. I think they have the, the conditioners and the humidifiers and all the things that they need. Uh, I think the bigger problem would be how many games a day they're going to play on that same ice. Because right, the right. Initial round when they're, when they're doing the first round of the playoffs, uh, you're going to have uh, uh, 16 teams there uh, competing and eight games uh, every other day. So. Uh, I think that's something that they're going to really have to look at.
4: I agree. You know, Paul, uh, get back to uh, that uh, Vegas situation. You know, when you think about the casinos opening up and and the the flood of people, it's no wonder there's issues. I mean, at least if you're at the beach and at the Jersey Shore, you're out in the open air. And, I mean, the people that don't wear masks. But then there is – I just read an article today – Uh, about all the various masks that was written by this doctor. And he talks about how uh, maybe a cloth mask is worse than no no mask. And I'll tell you, there's so much going on uh, about it. But that's what I was concerned about in Vegas, uh, was the number of people. Of course, they they spread them out, but uh, that's a lot of people uh, in that area now with the casinos open. That's true, yeah. although, in
2: mind, uh, they won't be at the arenas. Uh, they, oh, no, be empty. no, absolutely, yeah. But I, I think the toughest thing is going to be to keep the players uh, as quarantined as they can. What what the NBA is doing at Disney is keeping them pretty much in their room or playing the game. They're not going to be doing a whole lot. They, they are allowing them to do things like go to the pool and, and go to uh, walking trails or play golf. But, again, as you mentioned, these are all outdoor activities. So it's, it's right. not as big of a
5: danger. I, as. They go I to wish I wish a lot of luck keeping those people in rooms for 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time that this tournament is going on, right? You're really asking for a lot.
2: It's almost <laughs> like going to jail.
1: <laughs> right, it is. It's a jail with roostings, right? You're going to jail roosters. A, a, a high, A
4: high-class jail, Paul. A high-class jail.
1: That <laughs> kind of jail, Paul? You play golf and you go to the swimming pool? That's my kind of jail. <laughs>
4: yeah, a <laughs> much jail? Yeah, um, Right, right. Paul, you know, uh, Tom had a good uh, a point about what was your favorite uh, event that you've done in and I know you've done uh, so many things, and, and you mentioned about the uh, the PA. And I, I, I'm a firm believer. I've done a lot of, of PA in high school and, and some college. And I I really believe that the PA announcer sets the tone uh, for mm-hmm. games in many ways. And I'd like you, your comment about that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's very important.
0: I've often said that the PA
2: announcer gets the crowd going, and then the crop went right. So even though I've never scored a goal or never made a basket in the NBA, <laughs> well, a,
0: see, a
5: couple of things that uh, really were introduced years ago. Gladys Goody started, Madison has Garden with the organ, and now the organ is at the Lightning Games. But if you're in Chicago, you go here, or there, wherever we And And uh, all of these outside things have always been great. I think we're a little overwhelmed right now. <laughs> <laughs> with the kinds of music that's being played in most of the arenas, but I still like to hear the organ playing. I still like to hear. I guess we're just old-fashioned. I don't know, but I, I just can't talk to the guy next to me when they're playing that music. Right. Well, I, I think a lot of it is they're trying to younger
0: audience because
2: they know no. uh sports guys our age are dying off, and uh, they're
0: not going to be to so. attract. To build up,
2: to, to come back and come back to future games. So they, they want to make it as entertaining as possible and uh, and have the fans enjoy it.
4: Yeah, you know, I'll tell and you a, was... a quick story, uh, Paul. The, the uh, I was doing uh, high school games for my kids' high school football and basketball, and uh, this young uh, fellow, we were, you know working with, uh, who was a student. And he had a laptop, and he had all these uh, different songs, like you were, they were thought, we were talking about. And one of them was Three Blind Mice.
7: And this was a high
4: school game. And on a, on a call, he played that. And I think that was the end of his career, doing that at the high school.
2: Yeah,
4: I, I've heard that before,
2: in fact, uh... The, the long time or out I should say long time organist Oregon. with the Philadelphia Phillies, uh by the name of Wilbur Snapp, I'm sure Tom, Tom knows him. Uh That's he right. actually was ejected from a game by an umpire <laughs> for playing three blind mics. That's correct. That was game.
5: about that was about ten or twelve years ago, Roger, remember?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love them.
5: That was Paul Richardson, right? Wasn't it right, uh, that Paul was Richardson.
4: the one after him? Paul Richardson.
1: Okay. Yeah. He was based he was based down here in Clearwater, guys. I remember I think I think Paul's at that game. You know really nothing you know, this is before the race came into existence. So you go to Jack Russell Stadium over there and that and and literally I hear something, bang bang dang what the hell's going on here? You know, and <laughs> I start pointing behind mice. <laughs> it comes to your it goes it comes to the little part, you out of the ballpark. <laughs> I start cracking up. I start well, cracking okay. the heck up.
2: I'll tell you a funny story about Wilbur Snapp. Uh, uh, if, if any of you have been to Jack Russell Stadium, where the Phillies used to have their spring training before they moved to the mm-hmm. modern the Spectrum Field, uh, he was uh, positioned very close to the screen behind home plate. And I definitely forgot the night that someone fouled one off, and it hit the underneath of the roof and came oh. straight down on Wilbur's keyboard. And keys! Oh my gosh! And uh, it looked like a blizzard the way the keys were flying all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, poor, poor Wilbur Snap was just crawling around on his hands and knees trying <laughs> to retrieve all of the market.
5: they keys. That would be a great video for all to see. That, yeah. That's one of me. I never heard the story before, but that's a classic. That it is. Was really <laughs> fun.
1: I was at that game, Don. It was funny. Then you got another thing up there. that Paul, we, we remember the first game at Legends Field or Steinberger Field. We were at that game, and, and it was watching from the press box. And here was a, here was guys. There's a foul ball. It was a, it was a big hot dog coming up there. The foul ball hit the hot dog guy in the in his costume. It was in a shrunk almost down to the ground.
0: <laughs> another,
1: yeah. another hot dog
2: like uh, when you leave it on the grill too long.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank
5: you very much, Tommy. Uh, we run into the next segment, and uh, we're going to switch from basketball, hockey, and what we talked about earlier uh, with what's happening in, in uh, all of baseball. So uh, Steve Cristello okay. is up next, and
8: uh, let's see what he has to say about it. It's Steve, welcome to the show. show. Thank Thanks you so, so much, thank- Paul. Continue Thanks, Paul. Hey, everyone. Mm-hmm. How's everyone doing tonight?
7: Terrific. Good. We're doing good. good.
8: How about you? <laughs> you know, I'm doing, I'm doing wonderful. I, uh, during the day, I've had my Premier League soccer and Bundesliga soccer for the last about month, and now I get my baseball back. And we that's talked right. about last week trying to make the most of it, and that's what I'm doing.
5: Well, um, maybe you'll bring a great. little bit different slant to us. We've talked about it from almost every aspect since the beginning of the show. So let's give you uh, an opportunity to, to shoot forth with your views, and then we'll counterfact forth, back and forth.
8: Well, you know, again, it's a 60 game season, so it's going to have an asterisk next to it no matter what in history. You know, it's going to be a different type of game. I mean, the first four or five starts, these guys will be going four or five innings. You're going to have, you know, the first two or three starts at least. You're going to have to have a, a thick pitching staff, you know, a deep, bullpen, you know, the 30 man roster, then the 28 man roster, and the 26 man roster. And from a pure baseball standpoint, This really is play every game and try to bank as many wins as possible, which will make it exciting. I mean, uh, if you're sitting there watching the game, it's going to have a different feel to it from, from Jump Street. You're going to want to win that game. Now, the most interesting aspect for me, and I'm not sure if you guys touched on this, is we all have our favorite teams that we poll for. I like to think about some cities where the fans really thought they had no chance this year. And there could be some magic if if you can, you know, get off to a hot start team like the Seattle Mariners and the Detroit Tigers and Baltimore Orioles and Kansas City Royals, where the fans might actually be able to get a little bit excited. I mean, even if you're 30 and 20, you know, even if you're 24 and 20 after 44 games, you'll probably be within striking distance of a playoff spot. So, uh, that's my take on it.
4: That's, well, that's a good one because I think uh, I think you're probably in the a majority, uh, Steve. to Be honest with you. That, that's what people are going to look like, and that's the only way to make it uh, exciting. Because I know uh, Don's, uh, you know, strong uh, feelings about the season in total, and he's not alone. And
0: uh, you mm-hmm.
4: know, you take it a day at a time. That's all you can do, I guess.
5: Well, I'm, I'm going to be very, very interested uh, in this 60 games, not only in the sense of the baseball, the way they change the rules around and what they're doing. Uh, I agree with you at one point. Uh, it, it could make it more exciting because it's, it's such a short season. And, uh, say, Baltimore gets off to a 10-5 start, where they're going to be in the running. But uh, uh, my, my biggest concern is uh, they're doing well this for television. I wonder how many people are really discouraged about the way things have gone about, the negotiations, and whether they're going to say, wait a minute, we've done all this without baseball, and then we've got the NBA playoffs who really did play a legitimate three-quarter season, and the National Hockey League, which played pretty much a three-quarter season, and they're going into a tournament, which means more to you as a as a, a viewer. And are you going to go back to baseball, or are you going to say, geez, I really want to see what the Yankees are doing tonight? I don't think so.
8: Well, here, here is the best way of looking at it, as far as the TV. And yeah, it will take it day by day and see how it comes out in the wash. And you know, right. there's, a, there's a bad taste. There, there is a bad taste in the mouth. And Major League Baseball hasn't lifted their blackout policy, which absolutely should be done for 2020. Uh, you know, lift that blackout policy as soon as possible. But guys, there's a there's a little cottage industry that's actually a huge industry called fantasy baseball. And that drives the television rating. It's a saving grace that they did not have in mass in 1994 going into 1995. You know, there was Very a true. fantasy baseball aspect uh, of, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with how many millions of people are taking part in fantasy baseball and are dying to get the huh. season started because either they have money invested into a league already or they're in a league with their buddies you know, I'm right.
5: I am agree with you 100%. I think gambling, if there's anything that's going to bring an audience to the baseball, it's going to be the fact that they are inundated now with gambling. They gamble on everything. First pitch, I don't care what it is, and people yeah, are
8: starved like for
5: gambling. You know that's
8: the, daily, true. Uh, the the the, the uh, DraftKings and you know FanDuel and the Daily. It, it it's something that. And guys, I I'm not saying that this is going to be a big draw, like a huge draw, but I do look back to 1994 and 95 and the struggles to get the fans back after the after the lockout and the uh, you know missing the postseason. How difficult that was, but we you know back then there was missing this key variable, which is internet connection. You know all these different fantasy baseball leagues. So I think that might be the saving grace uh, for baseball in 2020 on the TV side.
4: Roger. I think that's a great. I think that's a great point, Steve. Uh, mm-hmm. Because and you know, but and Don too about the gambling. But I think mm-hmm. you know you're right. Fantasy baseball is big, very big.
1: That's right. Steve, I got a question for you. Right, what happens if, if we, get the, we get the baseball season over right now? Is the players' contract up for next year, two thousand and twenty-one? Against the owners?
8: No. Of in December of 21, so we do have the remi- we have one more season under the current CBA, so we've got mm-hmm. the 2020 season, and then one more year, 2021, and then in December of that year, it expires. Oh boy, now, really told us in the first half
5: hour that they did live, but I thought the, the designated here was going to be implemented in these 60, and then on to next year, but he said that was taken. I have not seen the uh, entire rundown of all the rules that are going to be changed, but he said that's one that did, is, did not pass. It is, it's not going to be 21 as well.
8: Right. I, I know most of the rules that have been changed for 2020. I can run through a few of them if you'd like, but there will be a universal DH 8 in 2020, but like you said, not as of now, not in 2021. But it looks like the players are going to go for that simply because it's more money for them. Uh I was thinking about you guys today when I was reviewing some of the better DH candidates in the National League and I came ac- I came across Jay Bruce and I smiled thinking about you guys <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's and,
4: right. <laughs> and and he, he he is signed uh, through this year. Is he signed next year? I
5: forget.
8: I, that I can't remember off the top of my head because I, I didn't look into him too deep, but I just know well, the, that. The Phillies picked up the number one
5: designated hitter. I don't know. They're going to give him an iron glove in the outfield, but if, if he goes, ever goes out there. But <laughs> they, they made a move for offense, and they got it.
8: Exactly. You know, you, you you got Jay Bruce. You don't want that guy wearing a glove in the outfield. So I was just going through <laughs> a few teams that, you know, have a, have a little bit of an advantage. Not advantage, but – a player on their roster, like Yanis Espedis for the Mets, if his heels aren't 100, percent he could DH rather than try to play the outfield. You know, so there's there's that that component. So I was just, I was looking through and Jay Bruce struck me as somebody that you know could be a difference maker if he has a 500 slugging percentage sitting there in the bottom, you know, the middle middle two thirds of the uh, Phillies lineup.
1: Mm. Well, Steve, you think the Indians got a chance to win the World Series after 60 games right now? We're right back, we right back, we're right back. Charlie Sheen and Colvin, Colvin Bernstein thinks the Indians might win the World Series this year. Major League
8: participates a year. Did you know, well? the, uh, uh, the Indians still have the, the great rotation that they've never had intact for the postseason. You know. That's one of the one of the you know one of the crying shames of the Cleveland Indians of this run is that their 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 pitching staff has never been intact. Uh, they've got the great names, but they've just never been intact together uh, for an Absolutely. entire postseason. Even in 2016, when you had Trevor Bauer going out because of the bloody finger, uh, Carlos Carrasco mm-hmm. was out with a broken leg. Danny Salazar uh, was just coming back from an injury. You know, Kluber was pitching on three days rest all the way through the postseason until he is on fumes. Um, but, you know, they still have, even after trading Coover and after trading Trevor Bauer, they still have a strong five rotation. They could probably mm-hmm. go up against anybody. But if we're looking at favorites for the World Series, you have to start probably with the Yankees and Dodgers, even in 60 games. That's what I was going World to ask Series. you.
5: Do you think this is really uh... – Uh, If you look at the talent, the class of the field of the two teams, You said, although we still don't know whether the judge can swing it back yet. I haven't seen much about that. But do you think this is going to negate the teams that are really, really good, like the Dodgers and Yankees, because of this 60-minute no-man land?
8: Well, the the 60, yeah, it, it does negate some of the talent. You know, there's a big argument, talent versus depth, because you're still going to have injuries. You know, but the Yankees still have. You know, uh, Garrett Cole and James Paxton at the top of their rotation, which is a very nice uh, thing to have. Uh, right. Domingo German's Domingo suspension should come up at some point, and he should be able to slot in there. They won't get Severino back. They'll have Jay Happ and Jordan Montgomery and Jonathan Luisa, Luisa, um as well. Um, and plus that bullpen, you know, with Zach Britton and uh, Araldus Chapman and uh, the rest of the guys and then you look at their lineup and their depth, you know, even if Aaron Judge doesn't come back, uh that team put up some runs last year uh without without him and they get Miguel Andujar back, which is a big you know, that's a big bat to get back. So even if you take And you take never Aaron know, you know whether I mean?
5: he's gonna play five games or fifty games.
8: Right, but even sure. if you take Judge completely out of that lineup and you and you replace him with maybe a healthy John uh, Carlos Stanton who is healthy right now And then you get Miguel Andujar back Who as a rookie was an absolute Beast with the bat oh, uh, you're Great, really not, great. You know, And you go back and look at the year that Michael Tockman had and you'll take a look at the bat That Aaron Hicks provides And you know, you're know you getting Tockman You'll have Tockman and Hicks and you'll have Clint Frazier And you'll have Miguel Andujar And uh, you still got Giovanni Urcella you know, so, And Glaver Torres And you still have uh uh, you know, you still have that team together. That is, to me, the, the most stacked team. Um, where, where the advantage is, and I tell you guys every time we talk, I always go to the bullpen and the arms. And the Yankees have it, and the Dodgers have it. You got it. You right. nail my head, mm-hmm. Steve. That's where
4: it's all all right. Right. I agree
5: with you 100. I mean, to me, on um, it's always talk about paper, but obviously the Yankees are right now in a class by themselves. But also. I think the Dodgers are very close to it. If you look at the talent, top to bottom, maybe just not equal in, in scoring runs that the Yankees will be, but they'll score a lot of runs, and they should win a lot of yep. games. And their pitching is good as well. So, I, but you hate know, like heck to see one of these teams something go wrong—a you know, an injury here or there—and boy, all of a sudden it changes the complexion with 60 games.
8: Yeah, and that—that's part of the you know. Uh, I, I kind of laughed the other day when every year, you know, every, you know, most sports have their cliches. And in baseball, the one warning is, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I've been right. saying that since I was old enough to walk, you know. <laughs> I've been hearing it and saying it mm-hmm. since, you know, 1974. And uh, this year, no, baseball's a sprint, not a marathon. And in a sprint, you know, how, how fast can you get out and how fast can you close? And, you know, right. you can't mm-hmm. fall down. You can't fall down in a 40-yard dash and expect to win. Right. So you, you guys are dead on. I mean, injuries could cause havoc, and you're going to have to have a lot of depth on that 60-man squad that you have. Uh, and how teams – that has to be submitted by Sunday at 3. Roger. Oh, is
4: that is that what it is, Steve?
8: Yeah. The, the, the way it's going to work, gentlemen, is you'll have your uh, – uh, for opening day, a 30-man roster, and then you'll have 30 right. uh, taxi squads, so to speak. Uh, Suppose they want you to train within 100 miles of your home ballpark, and you get out of those 30 guys, you, know, you still have, you're still only playing with a 40-man roster, but you can keep working out uh, the other 30 guys. After two weeks, you have to go down to 28 guys, and after two more weeks, you have to go to 26. So, you'll have your extra thirty men working out at the complex, probably scrimmaging each other on a daily basis. so if you have an injury you'll since there's no minor leagues, you'll go down to that complex and grab somebody uh, to <clears throat> put onto your onto your uh, roster. Three guys off of that uh, extra men can travel with your team, and one of them has to be a catcher.
0: Mm, okay, interesting
8: Wow. You know, I was talking about this
4: earlier, Steve, and because and, uh, you're down there, you may know. Um, my uh, my cousin's son is on the grounds crew uh, for the uh, Blue Jays at Dunedin, mm-hmm. and the the I know they shut the complex down, but they still need to maintain uh, the facilities. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of that in your travels? That uh, they they are maintaining the uh, fields
8: and everything. Um, no, I I you know, I think the teams were doing a good job maintaining the fields up till like Friday of last week when they had to do the close down just to do the cleanup. Uh to mm-hmm, disinfect mm-hmm. All the disinfecting of all these areas. Um, I, I believe they're all gonna be they would be able to open back up. Uh right oh, yes. now the blue jays the blue jays are negotiating with the Canadian government to come back to Toronto. Um Ooh. and if not they may go to Buffalo, New York. Uh, just to be closer to, you know, their minor league complex uh, that they have up there uh, for their, you know, for a college that they're going to send their 30 men to. Uh, We're down
5: on time right now, but let me just ask you one last question that we have to say goodnight. But uh, just quickly in 30 seconds or so, what do you think after all this negotiations and what do you think of what they did?
8: Uh, disheartening. I mean, I, I don't need 30 seconds. I'll just say it was disheartening to the fans, uh, disappointment in the owners, and disappointment in the players. Uh, you know, Trevor Bauer said it best: "We're already in a lose, lose, lose situation because of the virus, and we made it worse."
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
8: that's a good, that's a good statement. Great
1: point. Steve. Great point, Steve. Great point.
4: Steve, always, always a pleasure to talk to you. Okay, yes, sir, I really Steve. enjoy it. We get. We uh, all uh, learn a lot, and uh, it's great to talk to a guy who really loves baseball like I do. And, and, and you know,
5: it, it, really, uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, absolutely. We learn something every time you're on with us, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to do it. Thank you so much.
0: Thank all right, Steve. gentlemen. Take care, Steve. Take care. Steve, take
5: care. Thanks, Steve. All safe.
0: right, bye bye.
5: I think oh, Mike you know, Zipchek is ready next, and uh, we're going to talk about a number of things. We'll talk about the, the baseball, obviously, out uh, of yeah, Washington, sure. but his main thrust is soccer, so we'll give him a chance to talk soccer before we talk any football or baseball or, or hockey, because that's his homeland out yeah, there in Baltimore, Washington. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike, give us a, a go in any direction of soccer you want to go.
9: <laughs> How about onto the field where they're actually playing games? Wow. there you go yeah. um <laughs> yeah, I know it's a shock we actually have so uh this weekend they uh the english premier League and the uh, and uh A in uh Italy got going, so the four major leagues now in germany uh Spain, and England are all back up and running and uh, all of the teams, well, Germany is almost done, but in, uh, and Spain has been going on for a couple of weeks now, but all the teams in England and uh, Italy have well, pretty me much been... Let
5: interrupt for just one second, Mike, because they are letting fans in in, in some of the area. I think Germany's is letting fans in, and also no. Spain, right?
9: No, there's no fans. Now, there have been fans in Spain who have just showed up and wandered into the stadium, but they're not letting them in. What you're seeing, Ooh. so there, there aren't any fans at any of these games.
5: None of them. Wow.
9: None of them. All of them have played behind closed doors. You see a lot of the things, and as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I pretty much believe um, what you're seeing in soccer is going to serve as a template, both for how the game is being, the spacing that goes on. All the substitutes, for instance, aren't sitting on the bench. They're all sitting in the stands. Okay. All well, I thought I was them. saying where,
5: where Barcelona and Madrid had let, uh, had let
9: fans in, but I may be incorrect. Go ahead. No, they had not let fans in. Now, I know at least in Barcelona they've had a couple of problems with Spanish fans showing up and sneaking into the stadium, but they haven't been letting them in. And okay. To, to be honest, I'm shocked, shocked, I tell you, to learn that the fans have stuck into the stadium in Spain. Couldn't have seen that one happening. But uh, so there haven't been any fans. I think if you watch the games on TV, um, you know, they've been doing a better job with uh, formatting the crowd noise. So you don't just get that empty, hollow sound of players yelling at each other. It makes for an overall better viewing experience for the fan. Mm -hmm. It also, in my mind, saves you from a couple of potential FCC violations because, um, Before, all you were hearing was the fans yelling, and that was great when it was Germany or some of the other leagues where you probably don't necessarily speak that language. But when it got to the English Premier League, they definitely needed to because, well, they were cursing in English at each other, and uh, they didn't need that hassle. I also think it makes the game a little bit more approachable. They've been good. Uh, England, uh, we talked about Germany where the uh, home team had not had an advantage. What we've noticed so far over the course of the games in England has been a lack of scoring in the first half. Uh, Through the first round of games, there were only three goals scored in the entirety of the first half, so a lot of rust being worked off there. And then over here, we got the announcement of the schedule of the MLS's back tournament, which is going to start in about a little over two weeks. On July 8th, they're going to start that. The Philadelphia Union play their first game on the 9th. It'll be a nationally televised game on ESPN against uh, NYCFC, which is the big group game that they have to play. Um, I was interested in the start times. These games are starting incredibly late. The Union had an 8.30 p.m. kick, a 9, and a 10, 10.30 p.m. kick. Their final game that they play on July 19th is going to be played at 10.30 at night. Oh,
1: jeez. Well,
5: in, in, they got to do everything in, they can for television because there is money there. It's really a big part of it. And uh, The one thing I'd, I'd also ask you about that, talk about July the 9th, if if the virus keeps climbing in Florida the way it has over the last two weeks, do you have any concern
9: about that? I have a lot of concern about that. Um, I think the players do. Now, uh, they have been assured that they're going into the MLS bubble. So the games will all be played at the Wild World of Sports in, um, in Orlando. And right. they will be limited to two resorts uh, that they'll be staying on on the Walt Disney World property. So I get the feeling that they're going to enter into what we've talked about with uh, Major League Baseball and potential, and basketball and then potentially with the NFL where it's this, like, sealed environment. Uh, teams like uh, San Jose, who have been severely limited by existing restrictions on gatherings where they haven't been able to really practice, have already made their way down to Florida in advance Um, I don't think the union are necessarily Going to be one of the first teams to go down Because they've been able to practice In some form or fashion But uh, we're seeing teams Make their way down I think if you continue to have the um, Sorts of Exponential rise in cases In Florida that they may Look at it but I find it Really hard after they put all these logistics Together For them to back out of it now I mean it just But stranger things have happened
1: Mm, Interesting Interesting Michael This
9: year everything is strange Mike Yeah Yeah, you know what I know you're going to ask me about baseball Can you imagine that the league leader wins may only have seven Mm. Yes That's
0: unreal
5: That is unreal (laughs) I'll tell you the uh, well. They say you're in the heart of that Baltimore-Washington area. And uh, any reaction from uh, the Capitals about uh, you know what's happening with hockey, anything with uh, the basketball at all with Washington? There. Uh, and how about uh, football or whatever, whatever else you want to touch on?
9: Well, I mean, certainly the reaction. The big story today has been baseball, and you know the fact that. The Nats are going to get a shot, albeit an abbreviated one, and one that is going to be a challenge. When you look at them playing um, 40 league games and 20 um, interleague games, they potentially have one of the they potentially have one of the tougher schedules. And if you see them get off to a slow start, um, everybody gives Davey Martinez a lot of credit for how he managed the team in the back half the season and especially in the playoffs. Don't forget, this was a manager who was about to get fired in um, June when they were way down, and they got off. I think they only had 18 wins maybe through their first 60 games of the season. So if they get off to a slow start like they did last year, um, they may not even make the playoffs, even if at at 10 teams. And I think it would be a – kinda of heartbreaking end to not see them properly get to defend their World Series title. They're certainly, you know, amongst that kind of that pack that is considered to be a contender, you know, maybe behind the likes of the Dodgers and the Yankees, but um they're talked about with some of the other teams. Um you know, the Phillies come to mind, the Nats, uh the teams in that second category who certainly have the Braves, who certainly seem like they have a the combination of the talent and the pitching to get off to a start, it's going to really be how quickly can you get started and how quickly can players who may not necessarily get off to the quickest starts get going?
5: Budget. Roger. Roger. Um,
4: well, that's what we were talking about earlier, uh, uh, too, about, you know, Jay Bruce and designated hitter. And and I, I think it is. It's go- it's going to be very important. Uh, I mean, in, in, that's baseball. But in hockey, I think it's going to be the same thing, because when you have these short seasons, uh, you know, what the results were in the regular season up until the cancellation or the the stoppage, you know, like the Flyers were on a roll. And Mm -hmm. now the question is, are they going to be able to continue after, what, a three-month hiatus?
9: And I think the same thing, a little bit different for the Caps because... Um, they're looking at this potential round robin that they would have to play against, like, the Bruins and the Lightning. And, and
5: also, like, you uh, wouldn't the, want the Capitals to be out when you talk about, you know, they, maybe the best player of the National Hockey League, serving one of the leading scorers of all time in the National Hockey League. You wouldn't want to see him sitting on the sidelines because of a, a short series.
9: No, and I think the fortunate thing for, for, for the Caps is that uh, as much as Roger said that the Flyers were streaking, before the break came, the Caps were, um, were falling. Uh, one of their last games was uh, a second home loss to the Flyers, and they were not looking good. Everybody said, if, well, when they get to the playoffs, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get healthier, they'll get more consistent. You know, this is a team that if you have to play them in a seven-game series, is going to be a lot to deal with. But and they're also really built cool. for this
5: year and next year. I mean,
9: they're not built for the future. Yeah. They're not really built for the future, and they're going to have to make some um, important decisions regarding contracts because they're still right up against the salary cap. You know, We were already um, resigned to the fact that this was probably going to be Braden Holtby's last year as goal, uh, as goalie for, for the Caps. I don't know if uh, the fact that this season is going to – end up being played out the way is going to change any of that thinking, but certainly his contract, they had brought up the young goalkeeper that they really liked. Um, I think that they're looking at this right now and saying, you know, we have a couple, three, six games before in that round robin that they're playing for seeding with the flyers and the lightning and stuff. We have a couple of games that we get to play in advance before we get in, but really get it while the, well, it matters, but it's not we're playing for our playoff lives. We're still going to be in the first round of the playoffs. Probably we're not one of the teams that has to compete to even make it in. Um, contrast that with the Wizards, who are there, but by the grace of you know, the, the, the NBA East having Milwaukee and then like eight other teams that aren't really that great. And they managed to 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 hang around and they're really not a great team. But they managed to hang around bottom or the upper echelons of the bottom long enough to find themselves being able to play in this renewed series this season. Um you know, what are they looking for? What are they even trying to do? Uh, we already know that John Wall isn't going to play this year. There have been some talk, you know, maybe he would come back. But once they got that exemption uh, for his uh, injury, they they weren't bringing him back uh, this year. And so what they're going to do, and the expectations for them are low, as they probably should be. Um, it's not a particularly strong team. Sorry. Uh,
1: well, I think about you know I think about Mike. When you say about the you know the NHL, people were saying, Washington, Flyers are playing great hockey when before this whole darn thing started," and Washington starts slipping. But well, people don't realize in the hockey world, you got to watch out for this team here in Tampa Bay. They're playing some good hockey. Stamkos is injured. Stamkos is skating right now in Tampa. He's he's ready to he's he's ready to go right now. So I'm going to give the I'm going to give the odds for the Tampa Bay Lightning to. To win the cup because they, they old Washington won, they all Boston won. As a member, in 2011. Mike, they had that, they had that offsides. You know, it, it was no one. They did not call a penalty against it, against Boston. And Washington was just too darn good for the Lightning. So this this year, it's the Lightning. They might, they probably will sneak in and take like the Indians. Hopefully, will sneak in the World Series championship in baseball right now. So that's my, I'm going on, that's my two predictions, guys. They're going on a big win right now. Lightning would win that cup, and the Indians will win the World Series, Mike. I want to the There we
9: go. Well, that, those, those are cert- certainly bold. Um, based on those, taking a little bit back to what I've seen in, in soccer, because that's just about the only thing I get to watch live, um, that's right. there has been an advantage to teams that have played together for a little bit. And one of the advantages that a team like the Lightning – and the um, and the Caps have is that they're veteran teams who their core has been playing together for a while. They're going to be right. able to. Don't forget Pittsburgh and, and St. Louis too. Pittsburgh and St. Louis, um, but certainly when you, you look at the teams like the Boston, the Lightning, and they've been playing together for a while. You know those lines have been there. It's a veteran team. There aren't. That many new parts That they're relying on And I think they'll have the advantage Of you know Once that muscle memory starts To click in a little bit more They'll have that they're not going To need to familiarize themselves As much with each other's Capabilities you know the flyers Are a little bit Younger in those terms They haven't had necessarily That same amount of time To adjust to each other And I wonder how that's going to play when you have this, you know, long break and then you've got to get right back. And, you know, the games are going to come quick and fast at them. And they're going to be playing a lot. So the teams that are deep, the caps are deep, the lightning are deep. And the teams that have been playing together are the ones that I think have a distinct advantage, you know. And I look at that and I say, you know, those – I immediately go to in the NHL the Caps and and, and the Lightning.
1: Exactly,
4: Mike,
1: it's like, Mike, yeah, is well, is
4: because like, go ahead, Tommy.
1: I was just going to say this. I was just going to say like this. All these guys when when he when he played in the juniors, they played the games like eleven o'clock at night, what, one one o'clock, four o'clock. These guys are these guys are primes. They're they used to play these games at crazy hours. Right now. And, it, you know, they made it to the NHL. Now it's back to old-time hockey with these guys playing, like, for the minor, minor, just in the minor leagues, like teams in Canada or teams in the United States. Just, but to be the buses to take them anywhere. But I, but I think I'm going to give the advantage to Tampa Bay right now. You know, after last year's disgusting fell out in the playoffs with all those points those records, last time I seen these guys, Mike and everybody, it was like, it was like the movie Rocky II, Eye of the Tiger. And I think these guys have the eye of the tiger in them right now. Not because I work for them, guys. I just seen it seen in the reaction, the players, and I just seen everything positive about this organization.
9: You know, the the only thing that I really wonder about with the NHL, you know, guys like Joel Embiid could go and run and they could probably shoot around in their backyards. And, you know, I saw mm-hmm. videos of soccer players practicing skills and working on stuff in the parks and in their houses and stuff like that. I wonder how many of the NHL players really have been on skates in a while.
1: Great question. Great question, Mike. That's a great one. Yeah,
4: you're, that's a good point. I was going to say, great that question, just to follow up what Tommy said, uh, it's not that they uh, they were playing in juniors that way. They've been playing these late-night games as a kid. You know, because right. when uh, you didn't have uh, uh, some places, they don't have the ice uh, time, uh, uh, and it's spread out so so thin. But you know, while we're on this about this practicing, uh, you know, a subject we haven't gotten into, but it's controversial, is Tom Brady working out with his teammates, which is against the NFLPA policy. Oh boy. Oh, Don? Do you, do you you afraid afraid
5: he's, so he's broken right? a few of the rules already, but I want to get on back one more question about the hockey. <clears throat> I personally feel that the talent level in the National Hockey League is the closest between top and bottom of any sport oh, yeah. that's going right now. So they go into this tournament. I really believe that the differential between the team you think may be number one and I think maybe number sixteen. I don't think there's that much difference.
9: Uh, I would tend to agree with you. I don't think, and we we certainly saw it last year play out in the playoffs with the number of upsets that we saw. The Tampa Bay Lightning getting knocked out early, the Washington Capitals getting knocked out early. You know, when it gets to the playoffs, the talent differential is not that great. And when you look at them on paper, you know, one might say, okay, the Blackhawks, who are a pretty poor team in terms of how they played this regular season, shouldn't even have a shot to be, make it to the playoffs. And based on record and points total for, like, percentage, if they were to make it into the playoffs, they would probably be regarded as one of the worst teams to ever. But they have as good a shot as anybody else does. You know, you think, while we would give certain teams advantages, what is it, Every team, everybody's got a 1 in, in, in 24 chance of making it?
0: So right. yeah it, right
9: you, you know the chances are the same, and it, it just it, who gets hot who gets who's comes back in, in in the best shape, who's got their, mm-hmm. their the be who can shake off the rust The teams that I have watched when I'm again taking back to soccer because that's what I can see right now. The ones who have mm-hmm. been successful are the ones who are deep who can get some contributions from mm-hmm. all over their roster. And the ones who are able to kind of shake that rust off and get back healthy, fit, and get back into that rhythm of the game the quickest. And those are the ones we well, are have to get games.
5: Scotty Bowman on before this uh, round <laughs> robin begins. Uh, Tommy, a good friend of yours, a good friend of the program, and gets uh, uh, some yeah. of his observations for one of the greatest hockey coaches of all time. Uh, I think it'd be that's great that's- to have him on.
1: Absolutely. Good. That'd be great too, guys. That'd be Scotty. Also evaluate talent up there, and and look what he's done for the game of hockey right now. But this is going to be this be interesting this round robin tournament because he, here he, he, I got guys. I'll go round round the robin here at the table. Do you think Bevan one of these Canadian big market teams in this in this round robin thing? Do you think he wanted of those teams for publicity to get these guys in there? Like City Islanders, uh, Rangers, they're not be very good year. Toronto was not very that that good a year up there, but. But I think Bevin had these guys, have Rangers, Toronto, in there in the alleys and they just for the the, the big market cities so people be interested in, in in these games that these teams are playing for the for, for the cup.
9: I think there was a little bit of wanting to make sure the big market teams were in there, but That's I don't right. think they did anything out. I don't think they did anything untoward to ensure that the big market mm-hmm. teams were in there versus the small market teams. I think what they want were the teams that they could get in, Get let's get a plan. Um, hockey fans are going to watch hockey. And right. baseball fans are going to watch baseball. Basketball mm-hmm. fans are going to watch basketball. And the fact that we haven't mm-hmm. been able to watch it so uh, for so long, as I've been talking um, with the other fans and on the uh, soccer show I do on Mondays, you know, no. people are just tuning in to watch it because it's there. And <laughs> right, we get to see something for the first time in three months. Wow. We get to see something, diversion we get to root for it. Diversion. diversion. Diversion and a sense of normalcy in very right. uncertain times. I don't think the, the question is whether or not, it, 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 you know, just making sure sometimes – I even forget what I'm talking – you know, the player safety is a big issue. And these are valuable assets, you know. And we don't want that balance of how much risk should they be willing to accept to play. And as much as I want them to play – you know, I saw uh, Avery Bradley, the uh, guard for the L.A. Lakers, said, you know, his – son has a respiratory condition and oh. would not have been able to be cleared to go into the uh, NBA environment. So he's not going to play out of safety to, per, precautions to, you know, keep his kids safe and to be home with his family right. during sure. this time. Sure. Yeah. And you, you, yeah. Yeah. you know, you forget sometimes that these guys are human, that they are, they are, they are. They are they have families. They have lives. They have interests outside of sports, and mm-hmm. you know, as much as we want to see them protected, and as much as we can do things mm-hmm. to protect them when they're not playing, you know, it, it doesn't take much. It's still a very physical game, and right. they're going to come into contact with each other. And all the precautions that are being taken are are nice, but you know, you can't still a physical game. They're still gonna come in contact. These are still contact games. And right. I'm watching some soccer highlights right now and these guys are playing. They're not like not touching each other. There's no social distancing in sports. Like how are you gonna stay six feet away from first base with <laughs> game us on? How are you going
5: to have a jump ball? Are they going to stay on the goal line? I mean, on the foul line, do you have a jump ball. <laughs>
9: well, no. I, I, I chose baseball because you know I think you could play social distancing basketball. Have you seen, have you seen the Wizards play defense recently? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
9: yeah, bad.
1: <laughs> For the Cavaliers, you know, here. Like,
4: here hey, Mike and uh you know the, the, uh, fellows, this is a question I have too uh you're gonna have a lot of TV uh personnel uh out at, uh, doing the games, especially inside outside, you're spread out. but I noticed on on Sunday and I bring it up with when Doug's on um, Tom and Johnny, you're the big uh Tom and Don, you're the big uh golfers, okay. Uh, am I right? Jim Nance was in the tower, and all the other announcers were at the Golf Channel in Orlando. Yeah, every,
5: you're right. Everything was broadcast. Right. I, I thought Jim Nance was in the tower. I mean, uh, I thought he was in the uh, not on site too. I thought he was off site. Maybe I might be wrong. Well, no. I heard
4: that when I heard it, it said he was in the tower. Everybody else, uh, I think that well, there was the, the young woman. Uh, who's in the uh, you know the clubhouse so to speak uh right. the post uh, golf and of course they lost so much time because of the uh, lightning storm right. was pretty quick but the lightning was bad but they said Jim Nance was in the tower but uh, my, you know what about what, what about all these technicians I mean are they going to use robotic cameras uh,
5: Well, know, they, they talked the about program? the cut down, especially at the Belmont on, on Saturday. You saw they talked about this there's very few people that they use in comparison to what they used on a regular season. And I think you're going to right. find the same thing on the golf course. I think they're going to use uh, they're talking about, you know, the, the, the body cam, the uh, cameraman you know, with the body cameras going around, they'll be used, I think a lot more than they have in the past, uh, but things like that. Uh, but most of the people are not going to be, uh, you know, to be inside the ropes, you're going to have to be somebody really uh, necessary.
9: Yeah, well, I'm I mean, wondering. They've been, I know, with the soccer games, they've been calling them all from site, and they've been, you know, but they all like they'll be in separate booths. So even in but they are with on them, site, Mike. They are, they, they are, are on site. site. They're, they're calling the games okay. from from the stadiums. But again, you're talking about a stadium that an outdoor stadium, the smallest of which probably seats twenty-five thousand versus wow. a indoor arena. You know, when we talk about the MLS's back tournament, they're not even playing at a professional venue. They're playing at the wide world of sports. So that's right. going to be an interesting one because that's not set up to be a pro venue. You know, like, I think you're still going to have at least probably easy 100 people or so in, in the stadium for for when you think about, you know, the, what 25 guys on the hockey team, so plus the coaches, trainers, um, and, and backroom staff, easily I could see a, a hundred guys people in the stadium for for a hockey game. And well, also you the know, fact that
5: baseball, if uh, you have the radio there, Steve, they've got to be on site, but uh, right. not necessarily the TV announcers. They could be uh, off site somewhere calling it for the. For the monitor. So it'll be very interesting to see whether they uh, try to save money uh, from a different aspect too and use less people on site than we normally would know.
9: And they what, could be robotic what we cameras. have never talked about though is the production truck. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And how those guys are how because you know, if you've got all the cameras, who's how many people and how are they social distancing? Are they even social distancing in the studio? And where are these games being produced from?
1: Great question. Well, that's Great a good question. question.
9: Very good question.
4: Uh, I, I, yes, just following up with what Don said, when you think about it, the radio guys, it could be like the old days when they used to recreate the games. Uh, yes. you, you know, because of teletype. Remember that? You know, and those, you know, we read stories about that.
5: Wow, that, I think you, you know? got to be, I think the radio announcers have to be on site, but you're exactly right. <laughs> you know, years ago, back into the, you're going back down to the uh, late 40s and, and mm-hmm. even to. Uh, Maybe the early 50s in some places, but I, I just don't think they would allow that kind of a rebroadcast or uh, that kind of broadcast of all I think mean, the radio announcers have to be on site now. How many TV people have to be there? I don't know.
9: I want to see them recreate a game using a telegraph.
1: Oh, wow. Well, there's probably
9: a video somewhere, Mike. <laughs> they're gonna use they're gonna recreate the game on for radio using a telegraph and an abacus, <laughs> yeah do oh not <my>. right. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> you give us a well, hey. guys like
5: Bly Somm in the old days and Red barber uh, they, you know they all did uh they all did it uh but you know what I say I think even Mel Allen did it uh, later until later in the Yankee. uh but uh, uh yeah, you know, it wasn't very it was great day because was, nobody knew the difference, but uh, I don't think it would work today.
1: <laughs> hey Mike, Go ahead, I'm
4: Tommy. Hey. I'm
9: sorry.
1: Oh thank you, thank you. Mike, great to have you on again this week. We'll talk to you next week and, and have a have a great week. All right, week take care and
9: up. I'll talk to you guys next Friday.
1: Or okay,
9: next Mike, Wednesday. be safe. Okay, we'll take, take care. Have be a great week. Mike,
5: thank you very much.
1: Yes, sir. Oh, Don, we got your favorite part of the show coming on. Well, well man, we were talking <laughs>
5: about golf. Doug Hamilton is going to join us right now again from the Baltimore area, PGA Club, Member right. club uh, professional. And, uh, Doug, maybe you know the answer, I did not. Uh, I didn't know where uh, Dan's broadcast from this weekend. Was he in the tower on site, or was he elsewhere?
10: yeah, I was going to say uh, – you know, Tommy said this is this is everybody's favorite part of the show. I thought maybe it was a commercial break, and you had to go to the bathroom or
0: something. Wait a minute, now
5: You're getting, you're getting like, like you want to lead off comedy line to start the show. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> we you know? put you in a separate category.
10: Well, I mean, you know, Frank keeps telling me there's an open show on Thursday nights. So we could just make it an open play <laughs> comedy hour. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it
0: doesn't matter. Doesn't uh, matter. Well,
4: no, no I, I brought it up, uh, my, uh, Doug. That uh, what I heard watching the golf uh, tournament, uh, and of course it went really late. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I, what I heard, I might be wrong, was that uh, Jim Nance was in the tower. Everybody else was in Orlando except uh mm-hmm. well the technicians were there and also the young a yeah. uh, young yeah. woman that does the post uh, uh tournament interviews. Yeah.
10: She was. True. Sure.
4: Is that that's right isn't it? I believe that is true,
10: yes. Um you know obviously there's uh some so many uh the covid restrictions are still in place. Um you know I know that we talk about it every week but I mean it's slowly progressing uh, even at the country club level uh regarding you know, still one to a cart, still, you know, no communal, uh, shared or, or whatever items, whether it's in the locker room or on the course or, you know, discouraging people from you know, pretty much touching anything. Uh, you know, I had um, 20 ladies play golf today, so you can take a, take a guess on how many golf carts went out today. That would be 20.
5: Do you have um, the refrigerators or the carts?
10: No, no there's no Rodney Dangerfield <laughs>
5: golf bags in the group, so.
10: <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's still a challenge i mean we're still um, trying to do the best we can to just kind of manage the entire t-sheet and and the golf carts and uh, all the different stuff so um you know it's slow progress but we're we're doing well and i know uh, roger we've talked about this but the the shop sales have gotten a lot better um as people have yeah. started to come in uh to buy uh, some of the new stuff in terms of uh, apparel um actually sold. we had a a Fitting Day uh, recently where some of the members had signed up and, and sold some different clubs there. Um, you know, my, my lesson book is starting to pick up a little bit. I think people are starting to, to feel a little safer to come out and take lessons and start to, you know, move in ancillary directions from just coming out to play golf. Uh, so it's, like I so said, really slow progress. Temperature
5: because I, as I looked at the uh, weather today on, the, on television, it looked like from Boston all the way down to here. I mean, it was 92 here. Mm-hmm. It looked like yeah. every place, except Miami. Supposedly, it's Miami was, was the lowest of the, But how was it mobile? What was the temperature there?
10: Well, I can tell you um, I, I am sitting outside with my number one fan, my girlfriend Candace, and we're just kind of hanging out here on the back deck. And it's probably 70 degrees out here now. It was likely maybe 83 for the high today, but the humidity was significantly lower. It was very uh, nice to be you know, outside, although I didn't really have a chance to get outside a whole lot uh, you know Wednesdays are, are typically filled of, of administrative type things that I do uh, paperwork schedules meetings etc so um, I actually have a few lessons tomorrow and, and Friday and Saturday so I'm hopeful that I can take advantage of some of the really beautiful weather up here so it's been nice
5: 19- when did the women go off at uh, like 9, 9 30 in the morning so I try, try to beat yeah. and get in before it
10: They play uh, anywhere from from 8.30 to to 9 o'clock, 9.30 sometimes if they have some bigger groups, Um, but it's, yeah, this is probably the best turnout we've had um, in the 15 years that I've been there, so the ladies group has um, multiplied, um, you know, and it's nice to see them come out and play, and it's nice for them to have their day to uh, enjoy the golf course, and they play their different games each week and their different pairings, and uh, we help facilitate that with, um, you know, scorecards and, and card signs, and making them feel like it's their own little event. So it's it's good. It's good. It's really good.
1: Tommy, oh Doug, with the weather being so nice up there and and everything else going under there, what, so what do you what do you try? Well, your know, lessons right now? You've given a couple of lessons. What, what do you tell the what do you tell your person that you're giving a lesson to? Nice, nice weather up here. Just try to yeah. tilt the ball. Listen, that just try to. I should say the fundamentals about golf. That's what you try mm-hmm. to tell these guys are taking lessons, correct?
10: Well, there's a couple different uh, facets here. And, and so, um, you know, I think a lot of uh, with this whole, you know, obviously uh, uh, the COVID thing, I've gotten some beginners that just kind of want to start playing golf because, you know, it's 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 been a safe respite, I think, for a lot of people to uh, enjoy something that's outside. Um, I'm getting uh, a lot of juniors. You typically we do our, our – uh, junior golf camp, we have one in July and one in August. So I'm starting to get some juniors who obviously aren't uh, going to school or, or what have you right now. So they have some free time and they're spending a lot of time at the, at the club. Um,
0: Good.
10: You know, by and large, I think that uh, the initial phase of, of any lesson would, would be, um, you know, establishing a rapport with that individual and trying to figure out uh, maybe what limitations they have or what some of their goals are um, and how I can help them. Um, you know, some people want to build um, in terms of taking a, a series or multiple lessons so that they can um, steadily improve. Uh, there are some that you know maybe just need a small tune up or something, a different set of eyes to look at them. Maybe they're having a specific problem that I can um, encounter during that that time frame. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different things. I mean, obviously, um, my my belief in terms of philosophy is that you have to start uh, from any teaching standpoint with the basics of um, you know, grip stance, posture, alignment, uh, ball position, uh, all the different things that you would do as we would call them, you know, pre-shot, uh, fundamentals or, or, routine. Um, and then once we kind of get into the golf swing, typically we can, we can, uh, we can see different, uh, um, things that are, are problematic for them, uh, whether it's the backswing, whether it's, you know, the, uh, the follow through the impact position. And then we try to make specific, um, drills or feelings or remedies, if you will, to, uh, to help them move forward from there in terms of their practice sessions.
5: Doug, Ooh, is the virus yeah. dropping there, as opposed to where we are here, has gone up dramatically in yeah. the last five to ten days. How is it down there?
1: Sure. Well, I think
10: what you're seeing, although I, I don't really spend a whole lot of time uh, watching uh, the news, unfortunately, it's 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 too it's too grim for me to pay attention to right. to the world we you live in. And po- I feel like I'm. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I try to. I I try to continually pump air into this insulated bubble that I have so that I can keep breathing, Um, you know, in terms of just, you know, I'm, I'm going to work, I'm I'm spending time with, with Candace and, and, you know, her family and my family. And I'm trying to just keep my limitations uh, or my, you know, friends and family closest. And, um, you know, from a, a spread standpoint, I know that there were different states that had made, Um, decisions to open up sooner and whether it was, you know, the the beach aspect or the bars and restaurants and those sorts of things. And I think those are the ones uh, that you're seeing have some issues right now. And I think that Maryland was, um, Governor Hogan, although people disagreed with some of the decisions he made, I think obviously he did them with uh, the health and safety of of the state of Maryland. And I think that he might've been um, a little slower to open up uh, different things. And I think what you're seeing is the benefit of that uh, regarding people that aren't uh, going out and coming in, such close contact uh, with other people and spreading, you know, the virus. You know, obviously as we move through the summer and we get into uh, the fall and the flu season, I think that's going to be a, an issue um, for everybody. Um, you know, but I think obviously the, the testing and the antibodies and all these different things that they're um, encouraging, I think have been super helpful. And, you know, look, it's it falls on each individual in terms of their own personal responsibility to, you know, do what's right for them and do what's right for their family and, um, you know, I've, I've had members that I haven't seen in a very long time that, that wanted to kind of stay away and, um, you know, people were limiting, uh, different things. I mean, gyms started to open up, which, you know, there's no one, no one really that I know of other than, than my girlfriend, Candace, who loves going to the gym more than me. But, you know, I mean, you got to wear a mask in there and you, you got to sanitize everything and you want to not, you know, obviously engage with certain people in, inside of that six foot radius. So, um, I think if you're careful and you're and you're smart about it, I think you're fine. You know, but I think that we've seen people take advantage of that, and I think those are the uh, the problematic areas that that have seen a, a spike again.
4: Roger? Exactly. Well, yeah, I'm just reading about uh, the three states: Florida, Texas, and Arizona. And in Arizona, it says that they uh, need to put emergency plans in place uh, due to yep. the increase. And uh, right. you know, I'm sure that that that's what uh, we're seeing and. Um, but I, I know up here, the gyms are still not open and, uh, yeah. Friday, Pennsylvania goes, uh, into the, uh, green. Uh, there, I mean, there's areas in Pennsylvania that are uh, less populated that have been in green where my daughter lives. Uh, I think they had like one case totally, you know, because it's, right. uh, uh, up above Harrisburg, you don't have the population there and everything. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the results are, and I think a lot of this uh, could also now be coming back from the protests, like two, three weeks ago. Sure. Okay, yeah. you know, one yeah. one thing follows the other.
10: Well, I mean, right. listen, you're, you, you know, you've got a uh, you've got a summer season. Uh, I mean, obviously, up here you're talking Ocean City, and um, obviously down in Florida you have you know, some wonderful beaches and you, you're going to see people that are going to try to take advantage of that. You've got swimming pools that are opening. You've got gyms that are opening. You've got dining that are that are you know, outside or inside. You've got right. people that have been cooped up for a very long time that want to resume what they deem to be, what their lifestyle was prior to all this. And unfortunately uh, they're, they're taking, you know, uh, unsafe risks uh, in the process, you know, and then they're going back and, you know, infecting other people as a result of this. Um, so it's, you know what I mean? I mean, the more stringent your state is, and and like you said, I mean, you're seeing people that there's a there's a balance point between opening up the economy and being safe uh, with regard to people's health and, and how you do that. Um, and you'll see protests, and you saw the you know the, the different rallies, and now you have um, the presidential election that's going to require rallies. You're going to have all these different things that are going to you know require people to be in closed quarters, and mm-hmm. you know that that's a problem.
5: During the uh, first two tournaments uh, were two outstanding tournaments as far as having the greatest players in the world play. And week yeah. number three is going to be the same way at the Drivers. Uh, uh, great competition in the first two, uh, and also great television coverage. Uh, mm-hmm. So many people watched. It wasn't, granted, there wasn't that much going on outside of live golf, but I thought that the first two tournaments really were played very, very well. And uh, mm-hmm. it's... It, you know, under great conditions, great golf courses. I think this week will be the same.
10: Sure. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, you know, Don, we we've uh, discussed this over the you know past couple weeks or month or so about um, you know, sports trying to to get back kind of on the map, if you will. And right. we 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 know that that golf was one of the options um, in terms of being able to administer it from a safe standpoint to you know not have fans. It's, like we said, you, you know. You don't have a bunch of sweaty equipment. You don't have people guarding each other. You don't have people checking each other or hitting each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so we so we knew that golf was was an option. You know, um, you know, I think you you've seen NASCAR um, as another option. Um, you know, recently we've at least as as far as last night. You know, I had heard that baseball was going to reconvene here um, with with camps opening and you know the season slated to start. I think it was. Uh, somewhere around the twentieth of July or thereabouts, um, you know. So I, I think that that people are starving for, you know, live athletics uh, to see on TV, and instead of, you know, reruns from the nineteen seventy World Series or you know the whatever you know what I mean event that we've all probably already watched and thought it was cool the first three times we saw it, but um, <laughs> you know,
0: times. absolutely, absolutely.
10: Right. <laughs>
1: You know, no, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I, I, love it. I love the, I love the, I love the TV up there and that. So, yeah, but you know, like I think it's just a, you know, it's a great time to, you know, go out there right now. The weather's nice up the Northeast finally. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- this is the time the Northeast should shine. Your golf clubs should should shine a lot that way because, yeah. you know, be a typical spring or uh, typical winter, they'd be bottled up there, and they'd be the first day of playing up there and that, but. We yeah. got we've got one question for you. Do you. Does your club have caddies there at all, or just all golf carts?
10: Yeah, no. We we're about seventy percent uh, golf cart usage. About thirty percent of our membership um, historically has walked. Um, I would say those numbers are 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 skewed this year with the COVID. Um, we had a lot more people uh, utilizing push carts and and walking and carrying their own bags uh, than we've had in in years past. For, you know, for obviously for health reasons. Um, you know, but I, I think a lot of people too, from a financial standpoint, are, are also trying to save their dollar bills and, and walk as opposed to rent a golf cart. For right now, it's twenty-four bucks to rent a golf cart at our our facility, and I think guys are trying to, uh, you know, save their 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 pennies their pennies for the piggy bank. And um, oh, you know, no. I've seen we've seen a spike in walking, which is fine. I mean, you
9: know, everything
10: from a financial standpoint. I mean, you know, from the country club aspect, at least you get the due stream, which is your consistent flow of, of revenue. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, you know, at a public facility, you don't have that option. Um, so right. you're banking on people paying your greens fees and, and hopefully, using carts and, you know, maybe they buy right. a hot dog and a beer at the turn or, or, or a sleeve of balls or something like that. So um, there's other ways, you know, that that we can that we can generate income. Um, you know, and like I said, my my lesson book is is starting to pick up and and people are starting to, you know, spend a little more freely. So that's good.
4: I Roger. I asked
1: you that. Thank
4: you. Oh, absolutely, it's good. And uh, but the the other thing that I want to get back to the I found interesting about uh, was that uh, the woman golfers you had, and I know uh, Don, you always said that you and Elaine play on Sundays, and Mm -hmm. uh, and the and I think that's nice to play as uh, couples. Uh, But I did uh, see a truck yesterday, I I believe, on the uh, highway. You know, the, uh, trying to think. One of the main uh, expressways, or uh, and it was a truck loaded with one passenger golf carts. So I guess uh, the company is, is uh, producing them now, right? Yeah. Well, there's. I there's think all the
5: other that uh, Roger and Doug would be that uh, when you're 24/7 for three consecutive months, Sunday can be very tough. Right.
10: right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you.
5: Yeah, <laughs> I mean
10: we, we uh we we've seen uh, at least I've seen um an increase in uh the couples play and um like I said we we have a lot of uh young golfers that obviously don't go to school right now that are I mean they're basically spending all day at the golf course. Um you know, so um it it's I think through all this I think that um you know, the concept of family has has certainly increased cuz I think that, I, that that people were um, you know eating dinner at the dinner table as a family or spending more time you know indoors with whether it's puzzles or games or movies or or whatever um, you know I think you know I'm seeing um, couples play golf um, like our late late afternoons stuff like that I think um, you know is telling when it comes to to those scenarios of tea times um, so it's it's been a dramatic shift, I think, in in how we've done different things uh, this year as opposed to, to years past.
4: That'll
1: Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic, Doug. With you know what you get, what you're doing right now with the, with, with that club. Hey, has Ozzie Newsom come out and want to play your golf course at all, or <laughs> or Kevin Byrne? No, he he just
10: made it up that one time, um, and I think Kevin has now. Um, kind of rode uh, off into the sunset. He might still be there um, in a consulting fashion, but he has officially, I think, moved to uh, the Kewa region um, in South Carolina. So I think, I mean, he, he may come back up uh, from time to time, but I think he's um, going to enjoy some of the retirement and, and uh, put to bed some of the many years that he spent in the workforce to enjoy himself. Exactly. A, a lot
4: of time those, in the NFL. A, yeah, as a, as a professional
5: running the club <laughs> – not everybody ever get much chance to actually play themselves. How much how much <laughs> golf did you actually play trying to run you know everything uh, everything that goes around running a country club golf operation?
10: Yeah, well, you know I think that uh, some of my pre screens here with uh, with Frank as as we have just a few minutes to chat before my mic gets live. We we talked about this and um, early on, obviously, we were closed for about two months uh, during this quote unquote quarantine period, but um, you know by and large i I've, I've been very short staffed uh, both inside and out and that's required me to wear you know more hats than i normally do um mm. you know which is unfortunate but again uh, through this period of time um you know i think that a lot of priorities in my life have changed as well and um you know when it when it has come to do i have you know a little bit of time to play golf well maybe but You know, I've I've tried to spend some of that time, you know, elsewhere that's uh, been more beneficial for me in terms of my life right now and where I am. Uh, But to answer your question specifically, you know, most people that get into the golf business think that it's, um, you know, this every day I want to play golf or teach or practice or do something. And I'm not going to say that there's not time built in there, but at the same time, it's very difficult, you know, when I'm there to service the members and do a job. So to answer your question, uh, no, there isn't a lot of time to play golf.
1: Hey, Doug, hold on for a second now. Frank just said tick, tick, tock. We're up against the clock for another exciting Wednesday night. Doug, thanks for coming on. As always, sure. Don, it's always a pleasure. Roger, always a pleasure. So, Frank said tick, tick, tock, right up the right up the clock. So, where do these two hours go, guys? I don't know. All <laughs> right, another great
5: on? job. It's good to be with all you guys. I'll see you next uh, Thursday night, Wednesday night. Oh,
1: Wednesday yes, night.
4: Uh, have a great week, everybody. God bless, thanks Doug. Uh, I'm with you. A uh, lot right. to, to have More relaxing time Frank, thanks right. for everything Tommy, great job And uh, we're thank just you. blessed to have uh, Frank At the uh, command
7: center yes, we are. Oh, Good luck uh, Good luck, Roger Thank good. you I good appreciate Roger. that well, very
1: much Roger, you'll be my prayers tonight, Roger Thank,
4: thank you, Tommy thank you. I appreciate my it, pleasure. believe me Sharon well, already put there.
1: you
7: on the prayer line here uh, Oh, great, thank uh, you
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Oh Frank, another great job. Uh thank you as always to my family, your family have a beautiful have a beautiful weekend and oh my god, next next Friday at this time, Frank. Uh oh, turn another year. Uh oh I don't wanna see next Friday come. Fifty five. Oh, I don't wanna see it come.
7: <laughs> I mean next I get I get come. shoes older than that.
1: I know. <laughs> well, Frank from my family, your family. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next okay. week, Frank. God bless. You. Great job as always. Hey,
7: ladies, and ge- ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week. And grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women of police and fire services. When you're out there and see somebody in uniform, please please acknowledge them. These are very, very tough times for everybody in uniform at this point in time. It programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives on line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcat, Sergeant Thomas Battinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Handler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County P- Police, Patrolman Anapo Crispin, Lakeland L- L- PD, uh, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood T- Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman, Highway alonzo moses philadelphia highway patrol highway patrol and brian lazaro philadelphia highway patrol highway patrol and brian murphy plymouth township pa highway patrol lieutenant bob neary philadelphia fire department sergeant mike wilson charlotte county sheriff's department deputy chief mike godwin philadelphia fire department deputy jonathan scott pine orange county sheriff's department Patrolman robert germain windermere florida police department Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrol Officer De- Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Delaware State Trooper Sergeant Roddy Bond. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Fikes, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artith Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinnie Galaccio. Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Ballard. Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Chief, Deputy um, Bill Gentry, Highlands County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, LA County Sheriff's Department, Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County uh, Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McHatchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, and Trooper Joe Bollick, Florida Highway Patrol. My brothers and sisters, you may be 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you, May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields, and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hallow of his hands. Good night. God bless. Have a great week, and please wear your mask
11: shemalek ma yelama shema he zahir ma so nasene vorat fer Oh,